Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. And we are back. Boy, did we strike a nerve yesterday. <laughs> we, uh, read, we read an email uh, from um, Jane Gray, and uh, Jane has since followed up with another email after listening to the show yesterday. If you did not, um, Julie, do you have yesterday's email? I, uh, I have what you, I have her follow-up email. And okay. let me see. I do have the original no email. I got it. I got okay. it. Yep. All right. So so here's what we're going to do, guys. We're just going to jump right in. Julie's going to quickly, without comment, read the email from yesterday. And then we're going to um, encourage all of you to listen to the show yesterday. And then we're going to read her response after listening to the show. Because here's really the goal of yesterday's and today's show. We want to show you guys how to think like business owners. A lot of you do think like business owners, but you're just not drilling down enough. What you're doing, many of you, is you're following the herd. You're just doing what everybody else does. You're assuming that everyone else has taken the time to actually research the validity of some of the things that agents just do for the sake of lead generation. Jane Gray was smart. She didn't do that. She actually took the time and did some math. But it didn't start out that way. The email she sent me the other day was a little bit terse, a little bit critical, which we love all kinds of emails from our listeners. We have 100 and I don't know, what was it yesterday? 126,000 uh, regular listens. And, I, and obviously not everyone's going to be in complete uh, harmony with us. And I appreciate all kinds of feedback. And you guys can always email us at Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. So Julie, read the, other, the first email and then we'll just skip right into the second one. Okay, go ahead, please. Okay, you got it. Okay, so this is the original email that, which goes like this. Hi, Tim, I listened to your podcast and I've read your book and both are great. I will say that your bashing of Zillow isn't entirely accurate. They screwed me, yes, but I still made money. The reason why was because I live in Sacramento and we're getting a crazy migration from the San Francisco Bay Area where people are cashing out of houses that are not worth the prices, but they are selling for millions and are coming to our market. We are a two-hour car ride, and so they shop online first, and then they pick their realtor that way. I used Zillow from December 2016 to May 2017 and spent about 22000 but I got the following. They gave me great leads at first, and then I got mobile homes and rentals halfway through, but I didn't make the money from that. I'm not using them now, and I'm competing for listings and buyers with a fully saturated slate of agents. I'm actually close to hanging up the towel and calling it quits after three years in the business. I came from the tech industry. I've made Master's Club every year, but the insanity of the competition right now is pathetic. I just had a buyer lose out on a home where another buyer paid 50000 over the comps. That's our market. Just know that Zillow does work sometimes, even when they're competing with other agents for the same leads. It just bugs me when you say it doesn't work anymore because it does, dot, 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 sometimes. Keep up the good work from Jane Gray. Back to you, Tim. So what we did is we responded. Now I will try to – Julie, can you try to find that response that I sent, or do you have that already on your computer? Um, it was a quick see. response. I do not have your but, response. I only have hers to Okay. You. So the gist of that is I responded back, and what I told her in essence was that the one thing that she wasn't taking into consideration was – I think I found it. The one thing that she wasn't taking into consideration was the amount of time that she was spending actually chasing those uh, leads. 
And she didn't actually, and she had thought about it, but no one had actually pointed it out to her. I'm trying to find that response as I talk. But the gist of it was, is that she also hadn't taken, she sent us a little spreadsheet and it showed us basically what the amount of money she made versus spent. And she'd made 60 some thousand guys, just to give you guys real numbers. She gave me permission to do this, by the way, but she'd spent 20 some thousand on the leads. And the one thing, and I was guessing, I was telling her that, suggesting that there was probably for every, you know, 20 leads, there was one that was really truly worth trying to chase, you know, and then maybe you're lucky and you get that one, that buyer lead. Um, and then, but you still have to spend uh, time with the other 19. So you're spending a lot of your effort, your energy, your, you know, sacred time on this planet, chasing these leads that really weren't probably worth chasing in the first place. Because obviously a lot of the internet buyers, now in her case, a lot of the internet buyers were probably better quality for the reasons that she stated. But generally speaking, internet buyers are the least quality buyers that there are out there. They're the ones that are looking to purchase the furthest into the future of purchase at all. And so, you know, I explained to her this and she already knew it. And she sent back and said that, you know, exactly what she had been experiencing is exactly what I suggested that in essence, the, the, there was just, it's rot with futility. These leads that she was getting, albeit a lot of them were not, they were just basic total garbage. And if she were to factor in the amount of time that she spent chasing these leads and actually, um, you know, the amount of time she spent working these leads, she would have, as she said, probably been better off, you know, or as we said on the show, she had been better off that had she uh, spent the money or spent, you know, time maybe working at Home Depot. If you figure out your average cost per hour, guys, and you actually think like business people, you'll see the futility in buying leads. So she spent 20 some, but she said she grows 60 some. But if she factors in all the time she spent on all those leads, and I don't care how kick ass her lead follow up system was, she would have been way better off. If she'd been spending that same amount of energy on listings. Now, um, pursuing listings, we, we talked a half hour and gave the guys a lot of more in-depth detail and drill down on what I just said in, in approximately 45 seconds. So I said that on the show yesterday, Julie and I did, and then she sends me this email back yesterday, Julie. Okay, so here's the email response to yesterday's podcast from Jane Gray. Oh my goodness, nothing like a personal podcast with a big smiley face. I totally agree with your assessment. Here's the reason I even went to buy Zillow leads. I signed up for TF coaching and my coach said, get Zillow. And he recommended that I also get something called set schedule, which cost me $1,800 and I got $0 out of it and it wasted my time. But the TF organization thinks that that's okay. I complained to my coach on TF about the amount of time that these Zillow leads were taking away from my call time on Mojo to get listings. Now, remember, Mojo is mojosells.com, and that is for mostly FISBOs and expireds and uh, direct prospecting with a lot of other cool stuff they do. But uh, so, you know, Jane was already using this. I uh, was taking away my call time on Mojo to get listings, and he thought I was making excuses. I was super dedicated before that, but when those Zillow leads came in, you had seconds to call them and make a connection with them, so I'd have to stop my outbound calls to catch the Zillow leads. Yes, the amount of time spent trying to convert these leads was astronomical. I totally agree. 197 total leads and out of that, six closed sales. And yes, there were ones that I spent time with who never purchased. Good for you, Jane, for knowing your numbers cold like that. So again, 197 Amen. total leads. Uh, out of that, six closed sales, and that's not counting the ones she spent time with that never did anything. She says, by the way, I was mojo dialing this morning, so I didn't listen to your podcast live, but I listened to it on replay later, and guess who called me to see if they could get me back about midway through your podcast? Yep, Lucas from Zillow. Pretty funny. I agree with you. Time is worth money, too. 
Thanks, Tim, from Jane. Back to you. Well, well, so that's the drill done right there. So Jane, actually, I think you guys could tell from listening to her first email, has, has it going on. Smart gal, already thought through the futility of basically wasting time and money buying buyer leads. But the disadvantage that she had was she had just got, she got in the business in the last 10 years, and she essentially ended up at this TF coaching conference. We won't mention his name. And while there, she basically got suckered into buying things that she shouldn't have purchased. That is the reason that most of these real estate seminars that you guys are invited to are complete wastes of time. And I, I did send her another email, Julie, and I, I think I did find that one. Hold on. Um, actually, it was too personal, so I'm not going to read that one. But the gist of it was that I sent to her another message, a follow-up message, where I was suggesting to her, um, okay, here, I'll read this. Um, here's the email I read. I wrote to her. I'm being uh, maybe, maybe a little melancholy because my birthday's tomorrow, but this is my quick, this is an abbreviated response that I sent to her. Uh, I suspect you and I are in the same age, age range. You'll probably agree we agree that our time is worth our time as in, you know, everyone's time, but as you get older, you're more acutely aware of it, that our time is worth more than the money at this point. Um, TF is in the pocket of Zillow. They pay for his events. What does that tell you? Thanks for writing the email. I will share you uh, share with this. Uh, I will share this tomorrow, as I suspect many agents share your frustration. So, what was this whole exchange about? The whole exchange was about an agent who listens to the podcast, who was told to basically buy leads and subscribe to a CRM, who was basically probably inundated with that message being reinforced from other people in her office, the event certainly, and the next thing you know, she thinks that's the natural, normal thing that she's supposed to do when she gets into real estate, because she was never exposed to the other side of the thinking. She was never exposed to the truth of it. She wasn't, at the time, she was trusting too much and not thinking critically about the, the motivation behind maybe the person that's trying to get you to subscribe to Zillow Leads or the person that's trying to get you to subscribe to that, a particular CRM. There's ownership. There's money that's being exchanged, guys. Your, skeptic, your skepticism about some of the things that people tell you are justified, is justified, and you need to trust your intuition about a lot of these things. Here's the real litmus test for anything that any ideas that you guys are running across, anything that you're considering doing. And, and this is really it. Just ask yourself this question is what I'm thinking about buying. Is it the easy button, right? Is it a bright, shiny object? Is it something that is supposed to, or am I being sold that whatever this thing is, service, product, whatever, is it going to somehow make it so that I no longer have to do what I don't want to do when I don't want to do it at the highest level? Because if it is, it's bullshit. What they're doing is they've, someone has created some little hook and they're trying to play into agents, un, you know, basically it's not just agents, but everyone's natural tendency to try to avoid conflict and be lazy. And in that, in the course of avoiding conflict and being lazy, what happens is, is people will be, uh, they'll succumb to the easy buttons. Somebody will call and say, hey, I've got leads. I've got this direct mail piece. I've got branding. I've got this, the other thing. You never learn, ha have to learn how to prospect. You never have to learn how to sell. You never actually have to learn how to deal with rejection. You don't have to learn how to, you know, present, overcome objections, pre-qualify, right? So when you get calls and messages from people like this, you intuitively know it's bullshit, don't you? Every single one of you listening know it's not true. Now, is it 100% not true? I can't say. But is it true, not true enough that you should avoid it? Of course. If you want what other people, this is, like, I, this is a modification of what Dave Ramsey says, but it's so true. If you want a life that basically is you know, essentially the envy of everyone you ever run across, if you want to have things that, 
You know, other people can't have experiences that other people never will. If you want to be able to give money to things, charities to things that other people can't, if you want to have a true impact on this planet, you've got to just embed this into your brain. There's the highest and truest purpose of everybody on this planet is being of service to other people, making other people's path on this planet a little bit simpler. You can do that overtly, giving money, for example, or giving your time, for example, or you can do that by example, by Jane being really successful in her office because she's showing other agents that it's not about the easy button. It's about doing what she didn't want to do when she didn't want to do it at the highest level. So here's the other side of it. And this is, again, how you guys have to start thinking critically about all these people trying to sell you stuff. There's billions of dollars that are made every year, I'm sure, from people trying to sell you stuff to make it so that you are essentially never learning how to actually create your own business. These things don't work. Look at Jane's ratios. I mean, were you guys paying attention to that? What was it, Julie? 196 leads. I love the fact she kept track. 196 leads to six closings. But there were still 194 people that she had to waste her time with and how basically yeah, it's set up. Probably not just it, once either with following up. And that's exactly. coming from Jane, who is clearly an experienced prospector. She was right. using Mojo before she was chasing Zillow leads. This is not somebody who rolled out of bed, got their license, and is dabbling. This is from somebody who tracks her numbers, uses scripts, goes after it, and knows what she's talking about. So, and you know, it's not just Zillow. There's a lot of flavors of this. I had an email the other day, Tim, mm -hmm. and the deal was, I can't remember the exact cost, but it, it was in the thousands. And their game was this. We'll call all of the FISBOs in your market. And they actually said in their pitch, we'll ignore all of their objections and set a quasi-appointment for you anyway at their open house. <laughs> like, how could, first of all, how could you not do that yourself? And second of all, why would you ignore their objections and not use a real script? And And they were wanting you to pay for that it just was like mind-boggling anyway well but julie look how many companies have how many companies have popped up and zillow is even offering by the way i want to be really clear about what julie and i think about zillow i think it's a freaking brilliant company i really do i mean it's brilliant what they've Our done people. i said this yesterday they are it and and spencer raskoff and the founders of zillow and the executive team holy shit those guys are incredible operators, perhaps the best operators in the industry, full stop. More efficient than anything else I've ever seen. Honestly, incredible. Look what they've done in 10 years. It's unbelievable. Um, and frankly, they have a great website. From a consumer's perspective, their experience is phenomenal. They are implementing and executing at an incredibly high level across the board. Their stock value is amazing. Their everything is just impressive. Truly an incredible American success story. If anything, I'm envious. Don't get me wrong. That's not my concern, though. If I, my concern is individual agents. Julie and I are you guys. 120 whatever thousand. We're you. We're boots on the street. That's it. That's where our heart and soul is when we do this show, when we write our books, when we do our coaching. We're not trying to be some fancy private jet flying jackass who actually you know, acts like he's better than everybody else. We're not doing that. We are you guys. We're Midwesterners. We pulled ourselves up from, from, you know, really less than ground zero. We are like you. We weren't born with silver spoons. We weren't born on third base acting like we had home runs. Do you guys see the difference? You can tell when you listen to us, can't you? Because it's more practical. It's tactical. It's not us trying to be somebody we're not. We're going to be ourselves. And in doing so, we're always going to have all of our best interests on, in alignment with yours. Because we know what it's like to be you. Because we are you because we have been you, because we sold real estate for a high, at a high level for a long period of time. Some of you guys don't realize 
that Julie and I are literally some of the only coaches in the industry that ever sold real estate. Do you know that a lot of these other people who you guys think know what they're talking about have never sold real estate? Here, you want proof of it? <laughs> First of all, a lot of them try to hide the fact they've never sold real estate. Go up to them when you go to one of these conferences and ask them even a semi-difficult real estate question. Watch how fast they walk away or try to connect you with an agent who's nearby who will basically bail them out. They don't know shit about real estate. They're just speakers. They're just people trying to sell you guys stuff. That's the cold, hard truth. That's a fact. You need to be your best ally. Look, I feel in this industry, brokers are the most underappreciated group of people that are out there. A lot of states still require there's a broker and agent relationship because you guys think it's the broker's job to train you, to educate you, to provide you leads. It's not. The, ed the broker's job is to essentially create a safe legal structure for you to conduct business. And after that, you're on your own. If you got a broker that's providing any level of services to you, you're lucky. That's rare. You guys listening? It's not your broker's job to generate leads for you. It's not your broker's job to you know, keep your business alive. It's not your broker's job to be your, you know, your, your psychologist or your adult daycare provider. <laughs> it's your broker's job just to keep your ass out of you know, legal problems and provide a safe, secure structure for you to do your business. It's up to you to generate your own business. It's up to you to actually create your own uh, success or in a lot of cases, unfortunately, failure. You guys know the failure rate in real estate is staggering. After I think it's two or three years, something like that, Virtually everyone fails in real estate. Why? Why is that true? By the way, why has it always been true? I'll tell you why. Because there's so few people that understand that essentially really overtly connect with their highest and truest purpose, which is being of service to other people. And then when they embrace that, or at least conceptually understand it, intellectually understand it, then they start allowing themselves to do what they don't want to do and they don't want to do it at the highest level. Look, guys, here it is. Prospecting sucks. And by the way, and prospecting isn't just cold calling or calling FISBOs or calling expireds or calling your centers of influence past clients or calling notice defaults or calling Zillow making moves or calling any of these. It's not that. Those, that isn't, prospecting is everything. Every time you have a conversation with anybody, if you guys you know, go, on, go to Orange Theory today and you're talking about real estate, hey, guess what? That counts. It's prospecting. You're playing golf this weekend and you're talking to your buddies about golf. That's prospecting. You know, prospecting is when you're, uh, you know, anytime you have a conversation with anybody about real estate, you're prospecting. But how many of you don't even do that? You literally don't, you, you're like, as Julie likes to say, you're secret agents. You try not to ever let anyone know that you sell real estate. Why? Because, you're, because you think you're going to be able to be successful buying leads. It's insane. Now, here's the other big reason that Julie and I are, if anything, uh, trying to exercise the industry from buying buyer leads because buyer leads are the easiest things in the world to get. <laughs> you take one listing in Jane's market, for example, or any, anywhere USA really in this market, right? You have to beat the buyers off with the stick. You get so many buyer leads. All you got to do is when you take a buyer lead, just put Wayne Hunter home hotline.com or a similar IBR system and start call capturing to your heart's content. If it's a really good open house, you could do basic free things like, I'm sorry, really good listing. You could do basic free things like open houses. There's so many easy, free ways to get buyer leads. Why are you buying them? It makes no sense. It's literally insane. It absolutely is crazy. So back to brokers and office managers and all the rest of you guys, stop telling your agents to buy buyer leads. Please stop telling your agents to buy buyer leads. You guys who have built your brokerages in the past 10 years based on buying buyer leads, you're screwed when the economy changes. Have you thought about that? When your agents don't know how to go after listings, 
when they don't know how to pivot and start focusing on sellers and everyone's still going to be dependent on, you know, your agents are going to be, there's brokerages, lots of them that have just come up during the buying buyer lead, you know, era. Recession hits, setback and values happens, happens all the time, maybe less, maybe more in your market, who knows when that happens and you're dependent on buying buyer leads or worse yet, your agents are dependent on you buying buyer leads for them. Your business is out of business. You're going to have some severe cash flow problems instantly, and you're not going to be able to afford to keep buying the buyer leads. Your agents are going to blame you for not providing them buyer leads. The next thing you know, your agents are going to quit. Your business is going to fail. The only way for you to build a long-term sustaining real estate practice is through listings. That's always been true, and it always will be true. Hey, here's the thought for you. What would Zillow be without your listings? What would they sell if they didn't have access to your listings? You guys need to see yourselves as what you are. You're small business owners. Every day in your own world, you got to have the mindset that you're going into battle. And you've got to focus all your best energies every single day on becoming a powerful listing agent. Here's the flip side to the agent, uh, the buyers versus seller agent thing. What a lot of you don't realize, it's easier to be a listing agent than it to be, is to be a buyer's agent. Julie, why is that true? <laughs> well, uh, just on a multitude of levels, the first thing that popped into my mind was the simple fact that you can work, you can scale your listing inventory in a different fashion than buyers. Think about how many buyers you can actually do a good job for who are, let's, let's just give them a lot of credit, right? Let's just say that these buyers are actually motivated and qualified and responsive. And let's say you've got five or six of them you're working with all at once. And let's say three out of five of them, it's kind of hard to find them anything in the first place. So when you do, you've got to hunt them down, make sure they see it, and write a competitive offer, which you may or may not win at. So let's add another two buyers to that. At what point are you completely and utterly hitting the time management stress wall? For some of you, that's like two or three of those buyers. It's not six or eight. But let's look at the flip side. How many listings, once you have your listing skill together, which basically requires your pre-listing package, some pre-qualification scripts, knowing how to get it around a listing presentation and close, all of the things we teach you in, you know, premier coaching. Once you've got that going on, you could handle 20, 30, 50 listings with maybe one assistant or less, depending on how systematized and organized you are. When you've got that many active buyers, are you really going to take a weekend off? Really? Probably not, unless you want to lose them. But when you have listings, of course you can do that. You communicate the, with them on Friday, communicate with them the following Friday, you bring them their offers, you can scale it. And that's why we say that buy, working with buyers is physical labor, quite literally driving around, jimmying with your lockboxes, doing battle with listing agents, trying to find something to even show them in the first place. But working with listings is mental labor. Which would you rather have? I, I will never forget a coaching call I had, Tim, with an agent that lives in upstate New York. She had just learned how to successfully prospect expireds and was getting very good at it and very efficient at it. This was January or February. I got this email from her. She said, I just wanted to thank you for showing me how to be a listing agent and how to prospect. I'm sitting in my living room with the fireplace on, with my yellow lab at my feet, all nice and cozy with my headset on. Meanwhile, the rest of the agents in my market are out slogging through the latest snowstorm showing my listings. Hmm, this is a better lifestyle. It was like a light bulb had gone off in her brain and it took maybe a snowstorm and some good leads to get her there. But that's so true. 
She's sitting there using her mind versus using a shovel to shovel their way to the listings. Pops to my mind when we have this conversation. Yes, it does take more okay. skill, but it's not massively more skill. It's something everyone listening right now can achieve. And once you have the skill, you, you, can, you can move. You can move markets. We've had lots of our top producing agents. You guys listen to these superstar interviews we do. They'll move markets. They'll go from like, they'll, like Julie and I did. They finally get sick of the crappy weather in Ohio. God bless you guys in the Midwest, but you know what I'm talking about. It is the truth. And then, you know, you pick up and you decide to move to a different market. You can do that when you know how to prospect, when you know how to lead generate yourself. If your business is dependent on buying buyer leads or dependent on marketing or dependent on all these other things that basically don't require skill, they just require luck, you don't have that freedom. You can't take time off. You can't choose to move easily. If you know how to prospect, guys, what we have a lot of folks do is they'll choose to move from one market to the other. They'll start getting a license in the other state, and then they'll start prospecting in the other state. They'll get some listings in the other state, and they have cash flow. They'll feed off the closings that they have in the previous state, and they'll just move. That happens a lot, guys. That's how you, when you actually are a professional salesperson and you have actual skills, that's the freedom it gives you. Don't underestimate the importance of the point Julie just made about listings. There's not a single person listening right now. If I gave you the choice between having 10 buyers and having three listings, you all wouldn't take the listings. Of course you would. When you have listings, you have a normal life. You have a normal schedule. You work a normal day. You can choose to work the weekends or not. You can choose to work buyers or not. My personal coaching clients, many of which I've coached for years, a lot of them don't work buyers anymore. They might work an occasional really sweet buyer, high-end buyer basically, that's motivated. But for the most part, they don't work buyers anymore because they don't want to give up their time. They're making enough money from their listings and every single day when they wake up, they know they're going to basically do, you know, these five activities before one o'clock. And those five activities, they know that because they can do them at a high level, they'll do them whether they did, you know, they're oh, I'm not in the right mood. They don't let themselves and their emotions and their feelings and all these other types of things railroad their success. They've learned to do what you, they didn't want to do and they didn't want to do it at the highest level. They do it consistently. They have a consistent number of listings. They have a consistent, look guys, if you are, I don't care where you are. If you had three listings at all times, and that's a shockingly low number. Like Julie and I had to have 40, something like that. You know, but if you had only three listings at all times, that's it. Your whole mission in your business is to have three listings at all times. And you're in, say, for example, Jane's Market, and where let's say the average, I don't know what it is, Jane, forgive me, but let's say the average commission is 20 grand, right? So if you had a 20, if you had three listings at all times, when each of them sells, you're going to make $20,000. I know what you're thinking. All three of them are going to be in contract at the same time. And that's probably true. So let's assume that two of them are in contract at all times. Your whole mission in life is to get to three listings. And then basically you price them right. You put them in the MLS. Generally speaking, they're going to sell themselves. And you just then focus all your best energies on replacing those listings. Your job isn't about chasing buyers all over town, trying to be first to new listing, trying to figure out some crafty way to basically get your offer accepted. Your, all your best activities are about focusing in on drilling down and getting listings. It'll take you, generally speaking, if you take premier coaching, what we teach you in our coaching programs, how to become listing agents, it'll take you probably about maybe 30 to 60 days, provide you really stay focused to build momentum to get to the point where you can then start having buyers as optional opposed to required. How would you like to have your, how, some of you guys right now are loathing the spring and summer season. And I know why, because you are not looking forward to having to deal with a neurotic industry like Jane. You're not looking forward to having to tell your family that you're not going to be around on the weekends, on the evenings, your kids, that you're not going to be able to attend. Is that why you got into real estate? Really? 
You've, a lot of you have made the wrong move. You've gone in the wrong direction. You've listened to the wrong people. That is a fact. You need to pivot. You need to decide that you're going to become a powerful listing agent. In the meantime, in the interim, you're going to have to probably kill, still work fires because we don't want you to give up your cash flow. But you need to realize that if you want to have a long-term, ever-increasing opportunity to earn more and more money, you're going to have to do it through listings, not through buyers. Working buyers as your primary source of income is an exercise in futility. Not a single, every single buyer's agent out there, every single one would love to be a listing agent. There's not a single listing agent listing right now that wants to be a buyer's agent. Does that tell you anything? I want you guys to take your stuff seriously. We're, we're being as direct without being, I don't know, rude as we possibly can. I, you got, look, I don't know how else to say it. Julie and I really do live and breathe our professional work hours for the sake of the small business owner, for the sake of you guys. I hope you have the same type of focus drilled down, intense desire for you to be successful as we have for you to be successful. I really do. If not, get out of the business. You don't need to be in this business. There's enough agents already. Just kind of move on. It's okay. But if you're serious about this business, you have to become a listing agent. You do. Otherwise, you're just going to waste your time. You're going to waste your life. And as I was, because <laughs> my birthday is tomorrow, and I was sort of lamenting to Jane, you know what? You will get a point, if you're not there already, in, at your, in your life, when you're going to realize that you probably have more days behind you than you have ahead of you. And when you have that sort of maybe depressing, melancholy type mindset, you're going to then start valuing your time on this planet differently. And some of the things that you were willing to tolerate before, for example, Jane getting 200 or 194 time-wasting leads, maybe now she's realizing that is just a heap load of bullshit and that's no way to run a business. And the best way for her to run go after her business is becoming a listing agent. That's an epiphany for her. She went back to it. You know what that impressed me about her is she knew it already, didn't she? If you guys read between the lines of her email, she knew it already. And she was embarrassed that she got off track, embarrassed that she, embarrassed that she got associated with somebody who was trying to tell her to do the wrong thing. But she did it anyway, because maybe for a short time, six months, a year, she thought maybe the easy button would work. But she's back on track, isn't she, listeners? I hope you are as well. Don't let this year get by, you guys. Make this your best year ever. If there's anything we can do for you, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.